So can we get this part cleared up before we do anything else to start the fast lane today? I don't know if you're supposed to say happy Memorial Day. It's not exactly a happy day. Now, it can be a happy day. There can be happy things that take place. But the essence of Memorial Day, at least to my interpretation growing up, is it's a moment to stop, pause, and reflect on the men and women who have served and serve our country but most importantly, those who have made what is termed the ultimate sacrifice, who have given their life to enjoy our freedoms. And we utilize that as just hopefully a PSA to be appreciative of the day and frankly as sports fans of the weekend that we got to enjoy and now get to discuss here in the fast lane. Because we are thankful for those folks that give us the opportunity to do what we do today. But the common overarching theme, I know I may be touching a nerve with you, Trey, but it is... <coughs> See, I, I clearly I touched a nerve. No, I just I was going to say is I had a happy Memorial Day. You had a pleasant Memorial Day. I was, I was very happy well, at the end of it. All right, I know you were, and that's part of it. See? Oh, the, oh, we have breaking news. What is it? They did it. <laughs> Who? NASCAR did it. They find they, they no, suspended, they Chase, suspended Elliott? Chase Elliott for wrecking Denny Hamlin. Wow. Okay. Well. All right. But we will get into that whole. Sorry, situation. I was so no, no, no. shocked by that. Well, so the reason for shock of that, first of all, we're going to circle back to our big picture comment of the Memorial Day weekend. But there is breaking news: Chase Elliott suspended by NASCAR. Who's reporting it, by the way? Uh, NASCAR tweeted it. Okay. Well, that's as reputable as it gets. The sports sanctioning body just throwing it out there. On their Twitter handle. Um, we'll have more thoughts on the in-depth part of that tomorrow. Because I want to get into that on a separate topic. And looking back on the Memorial Day holiday weekend. If you want to call it a holiday. But the Memorial Day observance weekend. As it's probably more aptly termed. Is something that would be less doable tomorrow. But it's worth bringing up. Because NASCAR is part of what was tied in. To a really good weekend for sports. Okay, if you want the pizzazz and the star appeal. Go to Formula One where my not-so-brilliant expertise on that sport was able to tell you, well, let's guess what's going to happen in qualifying. It's probably going to be Max Verstappen who's going to win the race and nobody's going to challenge him. And I looked up and he won by like 27 seconds or something insane. It was close in qualifying. If Fernando beat him in qualifying, I bet you Fernando won the race. Well, I mean, that's the, the essence of that sport. But in every other sport, there's an element of grit that pops up. See, I, I got some flack for this and you can share the... You can pile on if you want... Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because we've gotten some flack from it on the social media platforms and even out in the community. I got some of this yesterday at the Memorial Day 10K run in Two Mile Walk. Great event, even with the weather for the type 1 diabetes experience. You can still donate, by the way, at tide.org, T the number one DE dot O-R-G. But I was out there and the comment was, well, why'd you talk about the lacrosse contest when the University of Lynchburg made the college championships? Well, first of all, we are talking about that and we will talk about lacrosse, but we do cover a broad range of Virginia on the Virginia Talk Radio, here we go, network and social media goes beyond Lynchburg, Virginia. But Lynchburg baseball did encapsulate what was a theme of the weekend. They're trailing in the eighth inning. They get the go-ahead two-run homer, and then they close it out in the top of the ninth inning and punch their program's first-ever trip to the College Baseball Championship. It's only two teams out in Iowa for Division Three baseball. Starts this coming Friday. That's a fantastic accomplishment for them. But the bigger picture from that, and what ties into the whole weekend is, 
they're down in the eighth inning. They don't buckle. They get the clutch hits. They finish the deal off, getting the pop out to first base to seal the victory. It's grit. It's toughness. It's determination. And it was a theme for the weekend. Back to that ever apparently controversial lacrosse insane radio deals.com fast take at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to go check that out and add us if you want to join in on the pile on. But give credit to Notre Dame. I mean, they deserve to win the lacrosse championship. I mean, look, as somebody who may or may not have had projections for Michigan, that didn't work out. Virginia and Duke, none of those worked out. Notre Dame went through both of them, and they knocked them off. They were down by a couple of goals late against Virginia. They scored the final four goals, including the game winner in overtime to knock off Virginia. To have that type of resolve when you're trailing in the fourth quarter late takes resolve. Duke, they're up 7-1. to one. They get a big run by Duke, six unanswered, tie it. What happens? Outscoring the Blue Devils, 6 to one, excuse me, six to two, a late goal that really didn't matter. Six to two the rest of the way. Grit and determination. Same thing in other sports. Motorsports, New Garden. Wasn't necessarily the best car all day in the Indy 500, but he shows that level of determination. NASCAR, Ryan Blaney, wasn't necessarily the best all day, but he was up there in a spot where Ford needed something to go right for them. They have been a disaster in terms of their performance this entire year. Their only win came on Atlanta. It's on a tapered spacer track. It's kind of a mini Talladega and Daytona where there's the element of skill, but also luck involved. And it's less of an indicator of how your team is doing across the board. Other than that, they haven't done much. Blaney was up there all day and he found a way to win. And I give Logano and Harvick the benefit of the doubt that they might be able to come to life second half of the year and find a way to win. They've won championships. But everyone's been wondering, well, B-Rad, Brad Keselowski with the new ride, or Busher, his teammate with RFK Racing, or somebody else, Ryan Blaney, who's been all looks, all hype, but not much substance, step up. He stepped up and took that race. Clutch. And not to be outdone, Trey, you're Miami Heat. Hashtag Heat Culture. Indeed, Trey. Everybody wrote them off as well. I mean, who knew Caleb Warren was a better basketball player than Jalen Brown? I mean, Eric Musselman might have. He recruited Martin to uh, Nevada. to Nevada back in the day. Shout out to the Hornets for cutting him. <laughs> I mean, isn't that an indicator of what's going on? But the truth is, by the way, is that your folks at FrontStretch.com ready for you to no. podcast on Chase Elliott right now? That was my brother. Suspended? That was my brother. You need this don't so. you know I'm on the air. Custom yeah, he, text to send him he, because he, he should know. He knew that. Um, uh, but we. But anyway, back to heat culture. I loved it. Look, I, I love the grit they showed. It was the common theme of the weekend, Trey. Throughout much of sports, is that particular element to it? And there are two parts that jumped out about this. We'll get to NASCAR again momentarily, and we'll get to it more later on today and tomorrow in the fast lane because we've got covering the Commonwealth. We didn't have Monday, so we have it today. But Eric Spolstra, have you not heard this? You have, of course, Trey. But if you have not, it's 100% worth listening to what he said before the game. Because this embodies the idea of heat culture. They had just lost on a putback to Boston on Saturday night. And almost everyone was like, yep, that's why I took Boston to come back from 3-0 and be the first NBA team to come back in a race that deficit and win. 
And everyone thought it. Boston went back home. They had not been great there, but they had the best player on the court, Jason Tatum, in terms of overall talent and upside. You could argue the overall better roster in terms of raw ability and talent. But Eric Spolstra gets them to buy in. I know your guy, LeBron, kind of wanted him fired a few years ago. Whoops. That's not necessarily the best Best coach in the NBA. No doubt about it. By the way, if LeBron were still there, he'd probably have more championships than since he left. He's got two, but he'd probably have more. But listen to this. Eric Spolstra, before the Game 7 win last night, in fact, barely after that gut-wrenching loss in Game 6. Look, this is the way this season's been. This is a, a one hell of a series. Uh... At this time right now, I don't know how we're going to get this done, but we're going to go up there and get it done. Uh, And and that's what the next 48 hours is about. There's been nothing uh, easy about this season for our group, and so we just have to do it the hard way. Uh, And that's that's just the way it's got to be, you know, for our group. And uh, we wish we could tip this thing off right now. Right now, we want to tip this thing off. And let's play another 48 minutes, but we'll wait 48 hours. And, uh, and do this thing in Boston. At least you didn't pull the T.O. That's my quarterback and cry through saying that, Trey. But that was Eric Spolstra before Game 7. He projected confidence. Don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to go up there and we're going to find a way to get this thing done. And Miami was the better team last night. I mean, it wasn't even in doubt. First quarter, they're leading at the end of that. And they were in control the entire way. What is it? 103-87? The final score? Somewhere in that ballpark. About a 20-point game. But it went way under the total. Of 203. Way under. It was 210, actually, the betting total to start. Obviously, didn't even sniff the closing total in that. But it's the culture. I mean, yet people love to bag on it. And it's not just saying it, it's doing it. It's backing it up again and again and again and finding a way to get the job done. Okay, does it require hard work? Sure. Does it require a bit of sacrifice? Yes. Is it aesthetically appealing to a league in the NBA that has spent so much time promoting the stars and the swag and everything they do? And now you've got a Miami Heat team that, I mean, Jimmy Butler's fun to watch, but he doesn't fit in that classification of Himmy, poetic basketball. Jimmy Butler. Whatever. Jimmy Butler to me, Jimmy Butler to you, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. I mean, the guy does it and gets it done. And it doesn't necessarily fit the NBA basketball poetry. But I love it. I love what you got in the finals. Jokic for Denver? Oh, he's not a superstar. Really? He should have been a three-time MVP if it wasn't for the media falling over themselves to give it to Joel Embiid because he deserved it. Really? Oh, yeah. That turned out real well in the postseason. He was so glad to have it, he stopped playing hard. Not in Denver, not in Miami. And that's a cultural thing. And it goes back to the grit that we saw throughout the weekend from Lynchburg Baseball to Notre Dame and men's lacrosse to the NASCAR and Indy 500 races, everything. And yes, that level of grit may not be for everyone, but like Jimmy Butler, it works. It's intense. Uh, you know, it's not for everybody, and, and we're not for everybody. That's why we think it's like an incredible marriage. Um, we never judge him uh, on that. He doesn't judge us for how crazy we get. Uh, it's the same language. Uh, but the confidence level that he can uh, create for everybody on the roster uh, is incredible. Um, I've almost never seen anything like it, you know, but I have. Uh, uh, but he's, he's special, you know, because he does it on both ends of the court. I love hearing that. It may not be balletic. It may not be all, you know, I, I'm going to use a tennis analogy here. 
it's like Novak Djokovic, not Roger Federer. I mean, by the way, tennis, I, I love Djokovic because people hate him because he's he is kind of a whiner, let's be honest. But he is he, he he's the best because he grinds people. It's not aesthetically appealing. It takes discipline and structure and toughness and mental toughness. And let's be honest, a lot of people say they have it but don't really want to put the work in to actually display it. Miami Heat are kind of like that. Let's look further. I've always said this before, and I know I'm getting into me, 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 and maybe you're in the same camp. I think a lot of our listeners are. But one of the appeals to the Liberty Flames basketball program and the Virginia Cavalier basketball program, and they are in mirror images of each other with Richie McKay at Liberty coming from Tony Bennett at Virginia. But one of the appeals to them is, it is we over me. It's playing on both ends of the floor. It's finding a way to buy in to that mindset. And it's not for everybody. And it means you may not always have the stars all the time. And it's harder to find people now than ever before with that type of mentality where I'm going to get politically incorrect here, but quote, you're willing to go to war with him, end quote. And I don't mean that again, disrespectfully to the men and women who have gone to war and have fought for our country, but it's merely the analogy. You're willing to go fight for what you need to get the job done. And it's not always going to be easy, but you show that level of toughness and that level of grit. And whoever won this weekend, Lynchburg Baseball, Notre Dame Lacrosse, Indy 500 with New Garden, NASCAR with Blaney, the Miami Heat, it was that common denominator. And that's what made it such a beautiful weekend if you are willing to accept and like that. And you do get the element of emotion that comes out of that as well. Listen to Ryan Blaney, the NASCAR driver. After the win at Charlotte, the doubt monster crept in for him, as it does for so many of us. But... He showed, cycling back around to the theme of the day here, the phrase that pays, as they would say on FMDJ mode. Great. You know, you start to get to feel like you can't win anymore. And uh, when you don't win in a while, and um, kind of get hard. So just super thankful to the 12 guys for believing in me. And thank you guys for sticking around. Really appreciate it. Love it. Love it. It's emotion. It's finding a way to fight through. See, people see the celebrations and the victory. Afterwards, And yes, that's something you should enjoy as somebody who, you know, has really struggled to embrace that part of success myself. And I don't know whether it's whether I have it or not, but it's really hard for me to sit there and stop and smell the roses. I can appreciate when other people do that, because in a lot of cases, it's the work that goes into it that you're really celebrating and that it transferred into some kind of tangible result, because it doesn't always do that. I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, look, I'm fortunate I get to run races, did the Memorial Day 10K. Yesterday was not my best day in terms of how I felt. Sometimes you show up to a race and everything clicks and you win. Sometimes you show up and you play, you run your best or you do your best, and it's still not enough. Sometimes you show up and you have to grind your way through, and it kind of feels that way. But if you're a competitor and you love to be the best and you're willing to put the work in, that's what makes the moments of success as wonderful as they are and as rewarding as they are. And to get to that point, like Ryan Blaney got yesterday, William Byron drives the Liberty car for Hendrick Motorsports. Has been really good this year. He and Kyle Larson, depending on where luck is with that car, it wasn't on his side yesterday in Charlotte. But he was up front, spoke with FrontStretch.com, Trey and the colleagues over there, about the race yesterday and really, you know, tried this, tried that, but inevitably... Didn't have much he could do for someone who finally put it all together, Ryan Blaney, yesterday. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think I just needed just a little bit. I don't. I don't know. It was really hard to nitpick, but um, I mean, it seemed like they just had a little bit more. Like when we were side by side, it seemed like they just had a little bit more speed, you know, for a couple laps, and that's really all it matters. You know, you kind of establish your position. So um, I don't know. I mean, my balance came on the radio at one point in stage one or two, and was like, man, my balance is pretty good. I just can't go enough. So. Um, that's the way it goes, but still good to come home second. I mean, William Byron, second place run yesterday. He's been up there throughout much of the year, but acknowledge he tried this, tried that, but at some point, just it's not your day. That's why when you win, you celebrate. But it's also what people don't necessarily want to think about that goes into it. We all want to feel the moment of joy and elation, but you don't always want to put the work in to actually experience it. Just like you want to feel the moment of greatness. When that fire is lit in your living room this coming winter. I know it's not too far away before the cold weather returns to the Commonwealth. But if you haven't contacted Black Goose Chimney Service, your chimney may not be ready for the fire to be lit and for you to enjoy all the hard work that you're putting in right now so that you can have those moments with your family when it gets a lot hotter or a lot colder in the near future. Well, you can solve that. There's plenty of time to do that. Blackgoose.net. That's Black Goose Chimney Service, servicing the entire Central, Southwest, and Southern Virginia region. Now, there are other topics that we get to address in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. So the other angle, not whether NASCAR should or should not have suspended Chase Elliott. They did that today. That's the topic we'll get into tomorrow in the Fast Lane. You can add us Fast Lane at Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But the other angle to this is the substitute driver for him. Trey aptly refreshed my memory and we appreciate that. But it's Corey LaJoy who's been with Spire Motorsports for an eternity. He's a popular driver in NASCAR. He almost won at Atlanta last year, went for it, but could not. Ironically blocked into the wall by Chase Elliott. I know, very ironic, because now he is filling in for the suspended Chase Elliott, who has been suspended for aggressive driving against Denny Hamlin. But whether that should have happened, whether you're surprised on it or not, One reason is this is the obviously logical explanation. And Trey was great to refresh my memory on this. I got you. Justin Allgaier, who I thought would have been the next logical. It would have been Josh Berry. Josh Berry, yes, because Berry's now back available to be the fill-in driver because he's done it all the time. But he and Justin Allgaier, the other JR Motorsports driver who could be a candidate, they are both going to be in Portland this weekend for the NASCAR race up there in the Xfinity Series. One of the few, there should be more of these, but one of the few standalone races. So, Corey LaJoy gets this opportunity. Good for Spire for letting him out and to have the opportunity. I, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily pick him to win. I'll be curious what the odds are when they come out and everything will be updated on that. But God, that'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it, Trey? And to replace him is Carson Hosevar. That just was tweeted. Carson Hosevar, who's, who's been great in the truck series. And, actually had a really good run before some late race shenanigans cost him a chance to get the victory at Charlotte this past Friday night. And I will add, he's been driving for the Spire Xfinity team last couple weeks did it at Darlington, did it at Charlotte. Obviously, the trucks will be at Gateway, so that's, it's kind of a, a natural 
um, natural move for Hosovar to fill in that role, who already is is kind of under the roof at at Spire Motorsports. Speaking of NASCAR developments, number four, we opine on the one development, which is could Rockingham Speedway come back to the NASCAR schedule? That's a topic we'll get into later this week in our FunStretch.com chat on Thursday. But the other one is this. Sure looks like things may be trending in the right direction for the Nashville Fairgrounds race, the short track that's located in the heart of Nashville, not the Nashville Speedway, which is located about 30 miles east of Nashville. Mayor John Cooper. Oh, is this not one of those things when the outgoing elected official is trying to get out of office and just slam something through? Apparently, he's trying to pass a new deal with Speedway Motorsports before he leaves office. The agreement has been hammered out over the past few years and has been stopped and started several times over the course of his term. Is this not the example? And look, by the way, as somebody who's not in Nashville and just wants to see good racing, I'd love to see the fairgrounds on the track. Although, ironically, with the car right now, I actually think the better track for the quality of racing is Nashville Speedway because the mile and a half or mile and a third track that it is is better suited for this car. But if NASCAR can ever figure things out with a short track, then yes, they should go back to the fairgrounds. But the ironic part is this fits into something we love to say in the fast lane, soap. Some other a-holes problem. And if you're John Cooper and you get this passed and you can put that on your legacy for your next business adventure, if you get out of politics after this, well, the consequences of it can be chalked up to soap. Some other you-know-what's problem. Number three. Speaking of problems, Colorado reportedly seeking to join the Big 12 amid the Pac-12's most recent financial woes. They are, quote, ready to commit, in quote, soon, quote, in quote. Baby, come back. Yes. How ironic, Trey. You could be singing a song that many of our listeners might hear on Rewind 103.9, Lynchburg's classic hits. But here's the thing. It's all about in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And when you're looking at possibly joining, God bless them, but the CW or streaming only platforms like the Pac-12 is for their media rights. Look, the ACC is not in the most healthy situation possible. And who knows how college football will look when things get realigned over the next decade and a half. But boy, you thought you have problems if you're in the ACC. It sure looks like the Big 12 is much stronger, and they've done a lot of things to strengthen that position, which leads us into number two. The expansion talks that they have been discussing and will be brought up again at the conference meetings over the next week from the Big 12. Among those ideas, Gonzaga and UConn to come in for basketball only, Gonzaga, All sports, UConn, same with San Diego State and UNLV. They're not good in sports, UNLV, but they have the Las Vegas connection there to the Big 12. It's, quote, contingent on whether the league can grab any Pac-12 defections, end quote. Well, if Colorado goes, does that strengthen the spot of Utah and maybe Arizona and Arizona State? Sure, that changes the entire complexion of the argument. And then maybe the Big 10 gets Washington and Oregon at a discount of what they would normally have had to pay. Oh yeah, I think there's absolutely something to this which is worth monitoring. And if you're talking about just positioning yourself in the eyes of public perception, aggressiveness versus passiveness, aggressive, Big 12. Positioned is strong, not so aggressive. Pac-12 doesn't look very strong at all. And number one on the Fast Five at five-ish. This will be fun to get to with David Cunningham of TechSideline.com around 535 today and covering the Commonwealth. But the Hokies, Virginia Tech, announcing their new Hall of Fame class, and they will be recognized this coming fall at one of the football games at halftime. This has become a tradition for many schools, including Virginia Tech. We'll get the guys out that are less known. Bob Bowen, three-star athlete for Virginia Tech. K. 
Kerry Mason, women's basketball, not under the current Kenny Brooks regime. Jasmine Reeves, women's soccer. Alex Ziegler, track and field. Awesome for them. But the most recognizable names are Malcolm Delaney, who was part of the Seth Greenberg era for Virginia Tech, as well as David Wilson and Kyle Fuller, who both had really good runs. One, still in the NFL, and Kyle Fuller. The other, Wilson, cut short because of injuries, but was an exceptional athlete and track star dating back to his days at GW Danville. In terms of, here we go, star power, this class has got a lot of that. And it's one that will certainly grab the attention of a very good, passionate fan base in Virginia Tech. And there is your Fast Five at Five. When we return to the Fast Lane, more on that. Plus, the latest on basketball roster construction at UVA. Deadline's getting closer for Reese Beekman of Virginia. As of the last couple minutes or so, looking at social media, nothing seems to have broken on that. What's the latest? JerryRatcliffe.com founder Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe will dish next in the Fast Lane. 